We're in a series of lessons. This is kind of our third lesson, uh, right? You know, tying in with our Easter theme, kind of what we started uh, several weeks ago for our, our uh, on Easter Sunday uh, message series called "Living Through It." Uh, as you can see uh, with the image behind us, we've got the, the, the crown of thorns. As we talked about uh, two weeks ago, uh, everybody probably understands that Jesus was whipped, Jesus was beaten. Of course, Jesus went to the cross, but he didn't stay there. He's not, he's not on the cross anymore. And so in the, in the Protestant churches, in the Christian churches, you're never going to see Jesus, uh, 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 any kind of emblem in their church, uh, with, with Jesus on the cross because he's not on the cross anymore. He's risen. And, and so we celebrate what he did but we also celebrate that he is now alive and he's risen and he's seated at the right hand of God. And so we, we started a series a couple weeks ago on Easter Sunday and, and looked at really several, seven key things that Jesus said when he was on the cross and how he lived through that very awful day, just a terrible day. And hopefully you'll go back and, and you'll listen to some of those, uh, those teachings and, and what we talked about last week and the week before, kind of get you tied up with where we're going again today. But I think that we really all, you know, as we've been saying every week, those three words, living through it, most of us concentrate on that last word, the it. We, uh, we, we concentrate on, on the it that we're, through, that we're in right now, the, the divorce, the bankruptcy, the person that left us, the, the job that's not turned out the way we thought, and all the it's of our life that you might get an it today you never thought was coming. And, and we don't want to concentrate on the it. We want to concentrate really on that first word, the living part, because that's where Jesus is today. Jesus is alive today. Come on. Again, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he rose from the dead, listen to me, I just prophesy to you, you're going to get up out of the dead situation in your life today. Right? So, so, so come on, let's believe that, that you're going to live through it. Uh, now, I know in the middle of pain, been there lots of times, different it's in my life, just like you. I'm no different than you. You're no different than anybody else. I know this, that whenever you're going through it, you feel like you are the only one in it. Right? And so it's really important for you not to just stay in the it thinking, the it mentality. But again, you just start looking at, I'm going to live through this. I'm going to be alive. I'm going to trust God again. My hope's going to rise to him. Because again, if he was risen from the dead, I'm expecting a resurrection for myself as well. Can somebody help me this morning to say amen? Yeah. Um, let me just tell you, I, I just believe this with all my heart, that this day, this season, this thing you find yourself in, that it is going to pass. Come on, it is going to pass. You've got to have some faith, some confidence that you're going to get through this, that, that this cloud, this darkness, th th this marriage thing, this kid thing, whatever you're dealing with, that it is going to pass. So, again, let your expectation, uh, set your expectation only on God, the psalmist said. Not anybody else, not on what it looks like, to just set your expectation on God. It's kind of like on cruise control. Now we've got cruise control in cars. If you set it at 70 miles an hour, it's going to do everything in its power to keep you set at that. Even when you're climbing a hill, it's going to downshift automatically for you. It's going to keep you at 70 miles an hour. Set your heart, set your affection, set your mind on God, on the Word of God, and let's just see God take you from where you're at and get you through it. Come on, everybody, say amen. Look at me real quick on the screen, but I have a bunch of scriptures on the screen. Uh, I just think it's important for us to look at it. We can see it. You can hear our, my voice, uh, get you reading some stuff, uh, but it's important that we kind of get uh, maybe a couple of different visuals, you know, the visual, the ear, and our heart connected with what we're reading today, I think is important. In Psalm chapter 32, Verse 6 and 7, David, he says this, the Amplified Translation, many different words, but just look at this now. Let everyone who is godly pray. Pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely when the great waters of trial overflow, they shall not reach the Spirit in him. 
You are a hiding place for me. You, Lord, preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. Then he finishes it and says, Selah. We got, we got two beautiful girls I know now, a teenager and a, a young girl in the church named Selah, which, which Selah means this. It, it means pause and calmly think of that. Uh, so, the, so the psalmist is saying this at, at the end of this, and he doesn't say it after every single sentence, but, but you need to pause. One translation says, stop calmly, calmly, calm your mind down. Listen. Calm your mind down in the middle of your it and stop and think about what God is saying to you. Come on, calm yourself. Let all the noise settle down and just think about what God's saying. Uh, Well, what he's saying to you. Uh, um, uh, We we said this last week. We talked about David and how David did a couple different things when he was in the middle of a crazy situation. We found out that David strengthened himself in in, in God. We, we, We found that out. That, that, that David prayed, he prayed to God, God, what do you want me to do? And then David moved, he moved into action. And I think it's really kind of interesting here that we find out that the psalmist David again says in this psalm, let everyone who's godly pray. Come on, somebody say pray, pray. Pray in a time when you may be found. Now, again, this is Old Testament. This is Old Testament. So a couple weeks ago we talked about Old Testament and transitioning from the New Covenant, Old Covenant to the New Covenant. Uh, come on, from, from, uh, we, we don't live in the Old Covenant. So, so David says, pray to God when he may be found. Can I tell you something? God can always be found. Come on, he's always here. He's always on. His switch is always yes. He's, he's there. His heart and direction is attention toward you. So it's not like I'm just trying to find God. No, no. Listen to me. As soon as you say, Jesus, he says, here I am. Come on, somebody. He, he can be found. He can be found in the Word of God. He can be found in prayer. But, but I think it's important. Just look on the screen. I want to give you a couple thoughts today. A prayer life will keep your life when trouble comes. So, so he says, man, let everybody who's godly pray. Pray in a time. When you may be found, when some things are going on in my life. So what I have found is that a consistent prayer life will keep your life when trouble comes. Now, if you're looking for prayer, if you're trying to stir up prayer, when, when, when you haven't built up a prayer life, here's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, here's what's going to happen. You're going to wonder whether you've connected with God. I had a problem this past week. I got an Apple iPhone like a lot of you guys. And my cord was going wonky. My, 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 my bar, my, you know, my, my battery life, it, it said it was plugged in. It said it had green light, but there ain't no charge going on. And so I went to the Apple store and spent a lot of time there, like y'all have, and sitting around waiting for the Genius Bar. Come on, somebody. I felt important at the Genius Bar back there. And, and waiting for some a tech to come back. And they said, I showed them my cord, and they said, you got to throw this cord away. This is a third-party cord, which it was. I bought it at an airport because I, I left my cord at the house. This is a third-party cord, and this third-party cord has probably jacked up what you need with, 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 with you know, your battery life. So I got a proper cord, and when I got a proper cord and made proper connection, come on, somebody, Jesus is Lord. I got battery life again. So, so, so listen, I, but you've got to know what to do. You, 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 so, so your life just continually stays built up with God, and prayer is going to help you stay built up with God. Connection with God, with the Word of God, and in prayer. So, so he says this, David says this, it's crazy now. Listen, this isn't good news to some people, but it should be. David says, when the great waters of trial overflow, they shall not reach the spirit in him. When the great waters of trial overflow, they shall not reach the spirit in him. Not, 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 let me just tell you, it, we're a good news church. Come on, we preach the gospel. The gospel means good news. But let me tell you what. You need to know that you're going to have several whens in your life. When the great trial of affliction comes to you, when, when uh, the things try to overflow in your life, when 
your marriage turns, when the kids go crazy, when the, the job shuts off, when, like Elijah at the brook called Cherith in 1 Kings 17, God told him to go there and the brook dried up. And he's probably going, God, what's up? God had another assignment for him, though. When that stops, come on, God's got another door. Can somebody say amen? Elijah had it. Everybody has it that's going to live and work and, 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 know, and know God. Know God. If you're going to know God, you're going to be walking through lots of different winds in your life. Uh, uh, just look on the screen. I think it's important because he says when you're going through this, David says, he says in this translation, when, when, when trials and when the waters overflow, they shall not reach the spirit in him. So, so, so just notice on the screen, when what's on the outside of you affects what's on the inside of you, What's on the inside of you gets overcome with what's on the outside of you. Come on, one more time. When what's on the outside of you affects what's on the inside of you, what's on the inside of you gets overcome with what's on the outside of you. Guys, this is called in our generation, in our time, right here in San Diego with the military base and the Navy, this is called spiritual buoyancy or whatever that word is. I'm not probably saying it right. Buoyancy. Thank you. It's like, it's like you look out here. I, when I came down to San Diego, I'm, I mean, I've been around water all my life, but I looked across the bay one time, and I, I don't know if it was the Ronald Reagan, so some of you guys can shout me down. Is that, the, is that the aircraft carrier, the Ronald Reagan? No, it's the Nimitz, the Nimitz. Was that the Nimitz? No, 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 not the Midway. Carlos, stop it. Come on, that's not a, I'm talking. Carlos, stop. Come on, I'm talking about the air, aircraft carrier that will carry all the planes. Help me, Carl. Thank you. Whatever, whatever y'all said. There we go. Whatever y'all saying. I'm looking across the bay, and I'm looking over there by Coronado, and there is this vessel sitting there that will hold 5,000 military men, plus airplanes, plus all kinds of stuff, plus food, plus stuff, and that ship is floating. How can steel float? How can it float? Well, the whole thing is, is buoyancy. I'm, I'm trying to say that word right. Is that, is that if you take steel and you just put it in it, it'll, it'll sink to the ground. But the way they build these ships is that the water is displaced. When something lands on top, there's displacement of the water. So the ship doesn't actually go down. The ship floats above. How they make them is, is incredible. And so listen to me. When we are going through situations, when we're going through testing, when we're living through it, something on the inside of you has got to be greater than what's coming against you. Or else you're going to sink. You're going to go down. You're going to be hopeless. You're going to, you're going to just go crazy. You, you've got to have something on the inside of you. That is the daily discipline. That is the Word of God. That's the Spirit of God. That's the life of God. That's the Spirit of God of Jesus Christ living in you every single day where you say, I'm going to get through this situation. Now, what we find here that David said three things. He said this. God said, I'm going to hide you. Come on, I'm going to hide you. He said, God said, he's going to preserve you. And God said, he's going to surround you. And again, this is Old Testament. Again, I'm going to hide you. I'm going to preserve you. And I'm going to surround you. And we know now that Jesus Christ is in you. Come on, he's the hope of glory living on the inside of you. So we are hid in Christ. We are now in Christ. Come on, everybody. We're not in crisis. We're in Christ. That's who we are. So, so it's interesting, though, that David says this. He's, he's going to hide me. He's going to preserve me. He's going to surround me. And, and, and then David says something crazy. David says this. God sings and shouts songs of deliverance over your life. That's what he says. He says, you're my hiding place. You preserve me. You surround me 
with songs and shouts of deliverance. You surround me. So how about you get up tomorrow when that thing, when that it hits you in the face or when you're stirring, rocking around in your bed tonight because it is getting overwhelming and trying to jack up your spiritual buoyancy and trying to cause you to sink instead of float. How about you just say to yourself right now, right here, God, you're singing and shouting over me. Songs of deliverance. Songs of preservation. You are my hiding place, oh God. I dare you to get up in the night and say that. You're my hiding place. You surround me with songs of deliverance. You're preserving my life, oh God. I'm not going to sink. I'm going to float above all these mighty trials and water. Come on, somebody. Say amen up in here. Check it out here, though. Look at this. Proverbs 18, 14. Check out what Solomon writes. The strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble. But a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? A strong spirit of a man, not just the spirit of a man, every man, every woman that makes Jesus Christ the Lord of the life, they got the spirit of God living on the inside of them. But he says a strong spirit of a man is going to preserve you, your body, when bodily pain or trouble comes in your life. But if you're weak and you're broken, how can you even bear? How, how can we get you off the ocean bed where you've sunk down? It's going to be challenging. It can't happen. You can't experience the resurrection, but it's going to be challenging. So why go there? Why not build into your life a daily discipline of reading, of praying, of having your heart and direction, of fasting, of, of serving, of just, of just a lifestyle of, of seeking God's will? Why don't you build that into your daily routine so that you can float above every situation and storm the devil tries to throw at you? Isaiah 43, verse 2. Isaiah says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Man, notice again. Check, check out the scripture. Uh, here we, we got that scripture? Isaiah 43? Uh, we're struggling. Okay, there we go. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, he says, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. One more time. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Listen to me. Look on the screen real quick. <laughs> when you pass through the water, when you walk through the fire, not if. Listen to me, this isn't crazy church, this isn't crazy serving God like nothing's going to happen. You are going to have lots of it's, you're going to have all kinds of things in your life. When you pass through the water, when you walk through the fire, listen, I'm not trying to be nasty to you, but you are going to have water try to overflow your life. You are going to have fire try to come into your life. And God says here, it is not going to take you down if you will do and act on the Word of God. Can somebody just say amen? Again, we got a part to play. This isn't because, you know, you're, you're some, you've been to church all your life or you know a whole lot of different things. I mean, you've got to know a few things. You've you got to have some resolve in your life that God's going to get me through this season of my life. And I'm, I'm going to trust God. I'm not going to sink. I'm gonna, I'm, I've built up a, a reservoir in my life of trusting God and seeking God and seeing God work and move in my life. So I've got some hope. I've got some expectation. I've got confidence, even though I don't know exactly how God's going to do it, how he's going to get me from here, here to there, how he's going to change and work in the marriage situation, or how he's going to open up that door with, with the job market when I keep having shut doors, or what? Whatever it is, or, or the grace and talent on my life, and, and I don't know exactly how to express it. And, and Lord, Lord, I, it seems like I'm just in a dry season.
confused. And li- listen, he t- says here, when you pass through the waters and, and when you walk through the fire, the water is not going to overwhelm you and overcome you, and the fire is not going to burn you. It's not. It's not. There are going to be flames. There, there, there is going to be fire. There, there are waters. There, there are rivers. But he's saying you're going to make it through them. You're going to make it through them. And let me tell you what, it's like David says, I, I've been young, I'm old. He says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never. Never seen the righteous forsaken where, where God doesn't show up for somebody. Now, let me tell you this. I've been around long enough to tell you this. God doesn't always show up the way you think he's going to show up. And let me just kind of, we're going to camp there kind of for the rest of the morning. Because I think so many times we, and me too, I'm so centered on the answer. I'm so centered on this is what I want. I'm so centered on this is my need and I'm praying to you and I'm asking you to do this. And so many times I don't necessarily see this the way I thought I'd see this. But God's going to do something in you and through you and for you. Maybe not just that. God's going to change you. Let's talk about that this morning for a few minutes. Come on, anybody remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Come on, somebody. Come on, the big three. Come on, man, if you want to have some friends, get some brothers named Shadrach. Come on, everybody. (laughs) If anybody rolls up on your neighborhood and says, my name's Abednego, say, you're my friend. Come on, you're my friend. You're my friend. Come on, you know the story that, that the crazy king Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, man, I'm building this, this tower. Y'all bow down, worship me. Whoever bow, doesn't bow down when they hear the music, we're going to throw them in the fiery furnace. And, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, hey, baby, play all the music you want to play. We serve God. We ain't bowing down to nobody, right? And so they give him one last chance. Uh, the king ha- actually had him, Nebuchadnezzar, had him come before him. And he said, man, one, one more time, brothers, when you hear the music, bow down. And they just said, listen, we ain't bowing and we ain't burning. And so the king was just furious. When you read it, he was furious. And he actually told the brothers, heat up the, the furnace seven times hotter. And they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And you know, you know what happened. The king went over there somehow, someway, looked in the furnace and said, Man, uh, king's a king, he's, he, he, he knows how to lead, but he just can't do math. Because he says, Hey, didn't we throw three guys in there? Come on. And he says, I see four. And the fourth man walking around there looks like the son of God. Come on, somebody. How many know that? That's telling you right there, in the middle of your fire, somebody's going to be with you right there. Come on, somebody's going to be with you right there. Come on, somebody, somebody's going to be with you right there. You're not alone in the fire. You're not alone. But it's interesting. When, 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 when the brothers came out, they came out, and it was crazy because they went in one way. And they were bound and they came out. They were in that fire unbound. God, God broke and loosed their chains. So, so think with me now. Maybe God lets you go through stuff where you're bound so he can unbind you in the middle of it. If you don't go through the water, if you don't go through the fire, you don't get unbound. Why do you need God? You, 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 so many people, again, their Christian life is just like the nation of Israel. Everything's going great, so I ain't going to church. I'm going out, I'm doing my whatever I want to do. Then when all of a sudden things turn, people run back to God. Again, don't do that. Build in your life a daily life. I'm going to seek God today and tomorrow. When I don't feel nothing, see nothing, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to seek you again. You're my God. Because I walk by faith and not by sight. Right, everybody? Come on. Walk by faith, not by sight. Three things that happened there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I think, are crazy. Look on the screen. Some of y'all know this. It says the hair of the head wasn't singed. The hair of the head wasn't singed. How you go through fire and your hair don't burn? What's that symbolic of? Your thought life. You still believe. You still hope. 
You still expect God to move. I'm in the fire, but it doesn't affect my head how I think. I'm in the middle of pain. I don't know what's going to go on in this marriage, but I'm still going to get up every day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray Ephesians chapter 5. Lord, wash my water with the Word of God. Lord God, I believe, I hope, I trust you, O oh God. Change her, O oh God, and change me in my response to her, O oh God. Work in us, O oh God. Well, I'm not going to think it's over. I'm, my, my mind, my thoughts are going to be right. It says their garments weren't damaged. The second thing, their garments weren't damaged. They, they weren't burned. How you see yourself. Again, your garments is how you see yourself and how other people see you. Now, I'm not going through life going, oh, you know, man, I was the guy that got divorced. I was the guy that lost the business. I I was the guy that, yeah, I got caught on porn. Yeah. And the rest of your life, that's how you wear yourself. Your garments all jacked up. Whole, man, got got whole, been, been burned. So your whole life, you go through life down. You go through life just, just carrying that cloud. How about you let that go? Last thing, these brothers, man, they didn't even smell like smoke. Listen, no lingering effects. No lifelong stains. No lifelong memories to overcome. Anybody who sm- smokes, it gets in your clothes. It just is. So, so if you're here and you're a smoker, and listen, come on, I don't, care if, I don't care what you do, but I'm just telling you, we know you smoke. Come on, somebody. I don't care what you do. I'm just telling you, we know you smoke because you smoke. You smoke, right? It's on you. It's on you. It's in your couch. It's in your car. It's in your clothes. So what's he saying? They came out of the fire. They didn't even smell like smoke. No lingering effects. No lingering effects. Why? Because God said, I'm going to be with you, and you're going to live through this thing, and I'm going to work in you in the middle of it. Let me get in it with you. Take me in your it. Don't think you're here all by yourself. Don't think it's just, it's just you by yourself and God's away, God's distant. No, 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 no. God is in the middle of it with you. Come on, somebody. Psalm 91. Come on, Psalm 91. Here's what God said in Psalm 91. Last couple of verses there. Psalm said, here's what David writes. He said, God talking. I will deliver you. I will set you on high. I will answer you. I will be with you. And I will satisfy you. Man, I will deliver you. Come on, can you say those things with me? I will deliver you. I will be with you. I will set you on high. I will satisfy you. I will answer you. How about you just say that every day? God, this is what you said you're going to do. This is Old Testament. This is Old Testament. we got a better covenant, but this is what you said you're going to do. You're going to deliver me. So I said you're going to deliver me. You're going to be with me. You're here with me. You said you're going to set me on high. I'm not going to be under. I'm going to be above. You said you're going to satisfy my life. You said you're going to answer me when I call. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. So that's exactly what you're going to do in my life. I refuse to believe anything different. And I'm going to live through the it right now in my life. This day, this season, this cross, this situation in my life is going to pass. You are going to be with me and you're going to get me through it. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Let's look at somebody probably. The Apostle Paul was a crazy guy in in, in this sense. He went through so much stuff, so much drama, so much pain, and yet the brother lived through it. Let's just kind of, I'm going to look at this one passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's talk about it a little bit. It's talking about Paul's thorn and what he went, went through. Uh, th- this brother wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. Let's pick up some stuff from his life, his thinking, and what he thought about, and what God did in him, and, and, and let's just get this deposited in our heart again, because in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the flame, in the middle of the river, in the middle of the waters, God is going to be with you just like he was with the Apostle Paul. Check it out. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. 
Paul says this, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan. Come on, say a messenger of Satan. Sent to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. He says this twice now in that same verse, in verse 7. He says, lest I should be exalted above measure. And he ends the verse, lest I should be exalted above measure. Lest I should be exalted above measure. In other words, I've got something going on in my life that God's given me to pass on to the church. I'm raising up churches. People are getting saved. The signs, wonders, and miracles. And he says, in the middle of all what God's doing to me, (laughs) uh, there was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me, to thwart me, to stop me. We'll talk about that in a minute. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might depart from me. And he said, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I'd rather boast in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my needs, in my persecutions. He goes on to say, I'm, I'm going to take pleasure then in my, pers- in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my needs, in my persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Now, some people read this and have read this and said, man, the it that Paul's dealing with, um, that Paul's living through was the sickness that he's got. That's not what it says. It's not what it says. It says that the, the it that Paul was dealing with, he tells us exactly what it was. It was a messenger of Satan, a messenger of Satan trying to hinder me because of what I'm carrying. I'm carrying letters to the church. I'm carrying apostolic anointing. I'm carrying the gospel everywhere I go. And Satan knew what I'm carrying. And Satan was trying to thwart me in my endeavors. Just like God knows who you are, the devil knows who you are. And he's going to try to oppose you. He's going to try to stop you. Now, now, buffet, look on the screen. Buffet means to beat blow after blow. It's used of waves beating against a ship. Ever been there? Just blow up. The, when's it going to stop? And you're out in the bay, and it's like the waves just beating against your life. When is this, when is this situation ever going to end? That's, the, that's what this means. Buffet means also in a couple of different translations that, that harass, you know, harass you and, and to rack you, one translation says, and, and, and to torture you. It's like you're on the rack again, for, you know, that Old Testament torture kind of chair. You're, you're being stretched. He said, this was going on in my life. This was an attack of the enemy to try to mess with my life. Different translations. Check it out on the screen. It was a painful problem. It made me suffer terribly. It tormented me. It harassed me. It sent sent to beat me up, to hurt me, to keep me stabbing at me. It was a nagging nuisance of Satan. This was just nagging continually at me. It was a messenger of Satan sent to attack me. Paul tells us exactly what was going on in his life concerning what he was carrying. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a minister. I'm going from city to city. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just, you know, carte blanche. Here you go. Do whatever you want to do. Everywhere I went, Satan was trying to oppose me. And he's the same today. He doesn't change. He's got the same tactics. He's going to try to oppose you everywhere you go. Everything you do, he's going to try to get in every nook and cranny of your life. That's why you have to learn how to resist him. Amen, everybody? So, so it's interesting that, 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 that when you look at the, the guy named Job in the Old Testament, uh, it's a crazy story. Uh, man, Job, Satan knew exactly who Job was when you read it. Uh, Satan knew who Job was. God knew who Job was. And, and the brother went through some stuff, and, and yet he didn't lose his confidence in God. So, again, the, the rivers and the waters and the fire and the flame trying to overcome the brother lost all kinds of stuff. But his heart just kept going back to God. So, so I want to encourage you, in the middle of all the stuff you're going through right now, make up your mind, I am going to live through this. 
The Apostle Paul lists all this stuff in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the chapter before chapter 12, which we just read, about what he went through. Let me just kind of give you a little bit of a list. I've been beaten and dragged into many prison cells. I've been flogged excessively on multiple occasions to the point of death. Five times I received 39 lashes on my back. Five, three times I was shipwrecked. Three times I was beaten with rods. And one time people stoned me. An entire day and a night I was in the deep ocean sea. I've been in many dangerous situations. Perilous robbers, foreigners, even my own people. I've toiled to the point of exhaustion. I've gone through many sleepless nights. I've frequently been deprived of food and water, left hungry, shivering out in the cold, and lacking proper clothing. This is what the brother's going through all the time. This is his life doing his ministry call. This is going through marriage, going, when's it going to end? This is going through business, going, nobody understands me. There's no open door. I, I put in the application, and I, and I try to advance, and they just keep blocking me, and it's like I'm boxed in over and over. This buffeting, this harassment, this jabbing, this jeering, this trying to keep you down. But Paul refused. Here was the word. He says, I pleaded with the Lord three times to stop this messenger from attacking me. I kept coming to God. Now, if anybody's going to hear the Apostle Paul, and if anybody, I should say it this way, if anybody's going to get an answer quickly, I think it would be the Apostle Paul. Where you hear something like, God responded, I'm right there with you, and boom, then the attack constantly and quickly and severely ended, and I went from that situation, and God put me over here, and God elevated me. But that's not what the text says. Here's what the text says. I pleaded with God three times that he would help me. And here's what God's response was. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Come on, could somebody read that with me? My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I guarantee it, this wasn't the answer he was expecting. He was expecting swift and quick judgment and justice to silence and stop the attack of the enemy in my life. Don't you know, God, what I'm doing? I didn't ask for this. Don't you remember? I was persecuting the church, and you called me, and now you made me a preacher. And everywhere I go, I've been beaten five times. I've got lashes on my back. People are trying to kill me. They stole me. Everywhere I go, i got an attack of the enemy. Why don't you hear me? And God says, I have heard you, and here's your answer. My grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is going to be made perfect, listen, when you're in the middle of your river, of your fire, of the water trying to overflow you. You're going to see me in the middle of it. Can somebody say hallelujah? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So Paul resigns himself to the will of God, that God's going to get me through this. God's going to get me through this. God's going to get me through this. God's going to be with me in the middle of it all. So I'm not going to talk about it any longer. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to look around life. I'm not going to have the stain of sin. I'm not going to go, my garment's not going to be burned. I'm not going to go through life. Oh, you're going through trouble? Well, let me tell you about my trouble. And look, look people with those downcast eyes that look around like your garment's burned or their hair is singed because you've got crazy thoughts now. Well, you know, God did that, but he won't do that for me. And eh, all the crazy stuff that Christians say. Christian, I'm talking about non-Christians. I'm talking about Christians. So if you're not a Christian here, say what you ever want to say because you don't know the God who I know God. 
You don't know my father. Hopefully you're going to know him like I know him. But let me just tell you, he is a good, good God. He loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And he says, in the middle of it all, my grace is sufficient for you. Come on, somebody shout it out again. My grace is sufficient for you. Let's talk about it. Grace is used about 108 times. Paul wrote to the churches. That's a pretty important word. Look on the screen real quick. Grace. A couple of definitions. God's unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor. The grace of God. God's unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor. Can you say that? God's unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor. It's for you. God's grace. In the middle of your fire, in the middle of the flood, guess, what God, guess what's going to happen? Grace. My grace is sufficient for you. It's sufficient. Another definition of grace. God's power and ability in my behalf, even when I don't deserve it. So what's going to happen in the middle of my fire, in the middle of my flood, in the middle of my water overflowing me? There's going to be great power and ability in my behalf. I don't feel real good about my situation right now. I don't really feel good about where I'm at right now. God says, that's okay. I got you on this. My grace, my power, my ability is going to be for you, even though you don't deserve it. can't work for it. You can't earn it. I'm going to give it. Another definition, grace. God's sovereign, divine ability to get the job done in your behalf when you can't do it. God, I don't know how to be a mom. I don't know how to be a dad. I didn't have a dad. God, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this thing that you've got a burning desire in my heart for ministry and to serve. And I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord. Don't you know, don't you know my situation? Don't you know where I, who I am and what I'm dealing with? God says, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. But I'm going to give you divine, sovereign, divine ability to get the job done when you can't do it by yourself. Would you just lean on me? Would you let, would you let my grace work in your life? God's grace is God's strength in every area of your life to overcome life's challenges and difficulties. God's grace is God's strength in your life. It's going to help you overcome every challenge, every difficulty, every single thing you're going through. The grace of God, unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. Can't work for it. Man, I've gone through all these problems. I've gone through all these situations. It seems like the water's overflowing. It seems like my mind's going crazy. God says, I've got grace for you. I've got, let your faith, a good pastor friend says this, that your faith is your grip on God, and God's grace is his grip on you. It's got to be both. It's got to be both. When, you, when your children are going across the road, you know parents, you've got a grip on them, or they've got a grip on your little hand, but how many know your, your, your grip is a little tighter? A little tighter. God's grip of grace on your life won't let you go. And he's just asking you would, you, would your grip of faith just be directed toward him? No matter what you're going through today, you just you start thinking, Lord, you're good to me. Lord, you haven't left me. I don't know, it just seems dark around me, but, but in the middle of darkness in my life right now, you said you'd be a light. You'd shine. You'd give me hope. You, 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 you'd raise me up. Let, I, I pray for, Father, just give me some, uh, give me some buoyancy here. Get, 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 give me up, Lord God. Get, get me out from the bottom. Lord, let, I, I pray to me, let me build up some stuff on the inside of me that, that causes me to rise again rise again. And God says, I've got it for you. It's called grace. Well, I thought, I thought you'd change this. And I, I, thought you, I thought you'd just stop this. And I know he does want to. But he says, what I'm going to do in you, in the middle of it, is what's going to cause you to live. What I'm going to do in you, in the middle of it, is what will cause you to live. One more time. What I'm going to do in you, in the middle of it will cause you to live again. 
The same power that raised Christ up from the grave dwells, lives, abides, remains in you. Causes you to get up. Causes you to raise up. From the ashes, from the bottom of the ocean, from despair and hopelessness. Looks like I don't know what I'm going to do. A couple different translations. Look on the screen in closing. I love the Passion Translation. Get a couple different words here. Hopefully something will resonate with you this morning. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This is God talking back to Paul. Passion Translation. He answers Paul and he says, My grace is always more than enough for you. My power finds its full expression through your weakness. Look at that. So I will celebrate, Paul says, my weakness. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated, it says there in verse 10. So I'm not defeated by my weaknesses, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecutions because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. Check this out. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. My weakness becomes a portal. I'm not going to rest in myself. I'm not going to rely on myself. I'm not going to trust myself. I'm going to believe God that in the middle of the pain, the difficulty, the season I'm in right now, it's going to be a portal. It's going to transport me from that situation to victory. Can somebody say amen? amen. Come on. I, I, the Apostle Paul just was an amazing guy. I mean, just an amazing guy. How, how, how much are you going to go through and you're going to keep getting up? I, I mean, how, how bloody can you get? How many times can your back be beaten open? How many times can you... Can, 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 the, can people try to kill you and you just keep coming back at them with the word of God and the love of God just, just, he just keeps coming back he just keeps coming back so he says this I love this uh, man I've been living over in 2 Corinthians 4 can't get out of it he says this again passing translation 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 and 9 though we experience every kind of pressure we're not crushed at times we don't know what to do but quitting is not an option we're persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. Can somebody say amen? amen? Father God, we pray today. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Father God, we pray today for great grace to be just manifested in this room today. We pray the God of all grace, the God of all comfort, as we read in the epistles, will be just manifested to every single person today in a very unusual and special way while they're living through it. Father God, you said you'd deliver them. You said you'd set them on high, Father. You said you'd answer them. You said you'd be with them and you'd satisfy them. You said you'd hide them. You'd preserve them. You'd surround them, oh God. Father God, I pray today that we would start hearing the song that you're singing over us. You're singing and shouting songs of deliverance i'm with you i love you i'm for you i won't leave you you're going to make it my peace is yours my joy is yours let hope come in your heart hear the song god singing over your life father i pray that everyone in the room including me that we will begin to work on our inner man and our prayer life so that when troubles come you said that they will not reach the Spirit in us. 
Trouble might come to affect our mind. It might come and affect our circumstances. Trouble might come and try to mess with our bodies. But Father, I pray for every person today as we work on who we are in Christ and our daily disciplines that you're causing our spirit man to be strong against the attacks of the enemy. That we will be able to resist every blow and the buffeting of the enemy and the waves being beaten against our life. I pray, as Isaiah said, when we pass through the waters, you will be with us. And through the rivers, they will not overflow us. When we walk through the fire, we're not going to be burned. The flame shall not scorch us. This season, this day will pass. We're going to live through it, oh God. We're going to live through it. Come on, just a couple more seconds right there with your head bowed, your eyes closed. Father, I just pray for every person in the room right now that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. I pray for every person that's away from you right now. People that maybe have served you before, but Father, they're no longer serving you. For some reason, it was the flame, it was the water, it was the circumstance. It was the person that lied to them, the person that cheated on them, the person that stole from them. Father, I pray today for every person in the room that's never made you Lord of their life. They've come in here today, or they've maybe been here many times. And, and yet, their hearts, your heart's being opened today. Where you say, man, I need God. I, I want God. I, 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 if you're telling me He's good, I, I want Him. You, you're telling me He's going to be with me in the middle of my life circumstances, then, then I want Him. I, how, how do I do that? How do I get connected with Him? It's really easy. The Bible says you just got to believe something in your heart. You got to believe and turn from your own way and say, I want God. I want Jesus. I want, I want him to be the Lord of my life. I'm, I'm giving up the lordship of my life and turning it from me towards him. If you pray a prayer, the Bible says it's that simple. Believing in your heart, saying something with your mouth. So what we do around here, just the next couple of seconds, we're all going to say a prayer out loud. We'd love to include you in that. You're just simply saying, yeah, that's me. Include me in that prayer. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. That's just simply an outward expression of what's going on in your heart. You don't need to do it, but we just say let's.